Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As usual here in, in Lawfather headquarters in our little podcast studio, welcoming you all. And uh, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the news, a lot of things to cover. Uh, before we get into that, please make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook and all the other social media avenues. And if you ever have a question, 855-LAWFATHER, call or text. I'm always here for you. And Lawfather at Tampa Lawfather. Dot com. Those are the best ways to get in touch and to ask listener questions, which we're going to get into a listener question today. Uh, but I want to get into a couple things going on in the state of Florida, being that, as most of you who listen know, we are based in Tampa, Florida. And uh, we just finished up the legislative session, and I talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, but one of the bills that was signed into law in the interim uh, that we haven't discussed, and I think it's really an important thing because it, it touches on some constitutional rights, okay? And it has really become a hot-button topic in the news over the last, I, I think, year, okay? Um, it, it may be longer than that, but I, I want to say the protests and things of that nature uh, were right around a year ago. Okay, uh, but what I'm talking about is the anti-riot law signed into law. Um, sorry for the not, little cumbersome there. The anti-riot bill, rather, that was signed into law by Governor DeSantis over the past week or two. And it's really important because this is something that you can get wrong, right? And if you get something like this wrong, you're violating people's First Amendment rights. Okay, now... When we talk about the amendment, right, you, you may hear this phrase, right, First Amendment, Second Amendment, and, and those, I think, are, are the two most well-known amendments, right? So this dates back to our original Constitution, and by Constitution, I mean the United States Constitution, okay, 1700s, way back when, right, when this country was formed, they had the Constitution, and following the Constitution, uh, and look, I, clearly I wasn't there, so I don't know how the conversation went, right? If it was always planned to be as an amendment to the Constitution, or if it was just one of these things that they do and they go, oh, hey, maybe we should include some of these things, right? My guess is it's the latter, that, that they kind of woke up one day and, go, and went, hey, we signed this great thing. We may have missed a couple things, right? And... Those amendments are, are what's called the Bill of Rights, okay? And, and it's rights that, that we as Americans have, and it's, honestly, it's somewhat of the cornerstone of American life, okay? And I think the First Amendment, even more so than the others, is really the true cornerstone of our way of life here in America, right? If you look at some of the other countries, and, and you look at some of the things that have happened, and and the pandemic has kind of shown some of these things, right? In America, we're a very free country. We're really allowed to do whatever we want, okay? Um, granted, we can't break the law, right? But we're, we're, not, we're not run by the government. We're not censored by the government. I don't have a government that sits over this podcast and says, you can say this, you can't say that. This doesn't fit our government's message. We don't have that here, 
Okay, uh, you know, I, I think we saw that a little bit, and it came in the question uh, with China and their reporting of the coronavirus, right? And China is a state-run country, and the state runs the media, right? So the government controls the message that's being given, right? Russia, you know, we don't know a lot about Russia, right? They're very closed off. Well, why? They're also state-run, and I dare you to try to go to Russia and try to speak your mind, or try to protest. My guess is that's not going to end well. Go to North Korea. Do the same thing. Go protest. Go peacefully assemble. Okay? Hold up a picket sign. See what happens to you. Okay? I don't really want you to go do that. Okay? It's a little bit of hyperbole to prove a point. Right? So, the First Amendment gives us those rights to do those things. It gives us those rights to peacefully assemble, okay? To, to gather and say, hey, this is wrong. We want to make this better, okay? So that's what it is. That is, is one of the pieces of the First Amendment, Okay. Uh, the first amendment covers a lot, covers free speech. It covers the right to assemble. Uh, I believe it also covers religious freedoms. All right. I'm concerned with two parts of this today, right? And and not concerned in terms of that. I have an issue or a concern just that that's what we're going to talk about. And, And that's the right to assemble. And it's the right to free speech. And a lot of times those two pieces are very intermixed. Okay. Your right to assemble really ties into your right to free speech. And I think what gets lost in the message sometime is you have the right to free speech, but you don't have the right to all speech. Okay. Uh, It's a really nuanced difference. It really is. But I can't run around and scream profanities, right? I can't run around and call you names, call, call you profane type names, right? That's not okay. That's not protected free speech. I can disagree with you. Okay. I can disagree all day long. I can disagree with the president of the United States. I could say, I don't agree with what president Biden did. I don't agree with what president Trump did. I don't agree with what Ronald Reagan did. I can do that. I have the freedom to do that. Now, all of a sudden I make that a profanity laced and um, racist laced speech I lose that protection, okay? I lose that ability to go, hey, that speech is protected. So keep that in mind. So just because words are coming out of your mouth and it's speech doesn't mean it's truly protected, right? Let's look at another another part to this. You have the right to peacefully assemble. It doesn't say that you have the right to assemble and cause chaos. Two different things peacefully assemble, right? Peacefully. Just like I can't run around and scream profanities. I can't run around and just wreak havoc, right? I can't, here's a really good example of meshing the two pieces together, right? And it's kind of the textbook example. I can't go scream fire in a movie theater if there's not a fire, right? All of a sudden there's a big stampede, somebody gets hurt. I'm liable, right? Yeah, I have a freedom of speech, but that's not protected, right? Yes, I have the right to peacefully assemble, right? Because maybe I'm in that movie theater to protest, uh, 
I don't know, protest the use of film and movies versus digital. I don't know, right? Something crazy. And uh, none of it's not protected when I yell fire in that movie theater. So why are, why are we looking at all this? Why, why this discussion? Well, the, uh, the bill that was signed by Governor DeSantis is an anti-riot bill. Okay, so let's look at that. There's multiple pieces to it, and let's break it down, right? So the first piece is unlawful assembly, and it defines what that means. And what that means is when three or more people meet to commit a, to commit a breach of the peace or do any other unlawful act, it is a second-degree misdemeanor. So it's not saying you can't assemble, but what it is saying is that you can't go assemble and then commit a crime, right? Now, I challenge you, and I, I give you my contact information all the time, okay? Feel free. DM me on Instagram. Hit me up, 855-LAWFATHER. Call or text lawfather at tamperlawfather.com. I would like to get an understanding of how it's a peaceful protest to go break the window of a business, okay? That's committing a crime. That, that crosses that line from peacefully protesting into committing an unlawful act, okay? So that's what this bill, if we look at this bill, this is what it's trying to do. It is trying to tighten it up a little bit so that way we can go, look, if you commit a crime in the midst of a peaceful protest, okay, you're no longer peaceful protesting. We're all for peaceful protesting, all right? But as a business owner myself, I don't want windows broken in my business. I don't want to have to worry about that. Okay. That's not part of a peaceful protest. All right. So, uh, let's look at the next piece, committing a riot. A person is guilty of the third degree felony of committing a riot. If they willfully participate in a violent public disturbance involving three or more people acting with a common intent to assist each other in violent or disorderly conduct, resulting in injury to another person, damage to property or imminent danger of, of injury. All right. Very similar there, right? We've taken that peaceful protest and turned it into something else, right? This is what this bill is meant to prevent. This bill is meant to prevent taking that difference of we're peacefully protesting and now we're not peacefully protesting. Now we're hurting people. We're damaging property. We're putting people in imminent danger of injury, okay? That is what we are are looking at here, all right? The next piece, aggravated rioting, right? So we, we step up the ladder here, right? We start with the lowest and we've, we've moved up and we moved up even more. Aggravated rioting, anytime you see aggravated in a state statute, you're going a step higher, right? You're a step up from where you were before. So aggravated rioting is, the, is a person is guilty of the second degree felony of aggravated rioting if in the course of committing a riot, they participate with at least 25 other people, cause great bodily harm to someone not participating in the riot, cause property damage of more than $5,000, display, use, threaten to use, or attempt to use a deadly weapon, or endanger the safe movement of a vehicle traveling on a public street or highway. This encompasses a lot of what we saw. Maybe... Not a lot here in Florida, but around the country or another, uh, maybe not around the country, but in other areas of the country. Okay. Imagine this for a moment, driving down the street, you're minding your own business. You're not involved in the protest, right? Maybe you have your kids in the car 
and all of a sudden you have 25 or more people that are swarming around your car. You're not part of this thing, right? You're just trying to get from point A to point B and you're trying to do it safely. Okay. You know where the, the, one of the more dangerous places to be when there's something going on, where there's a crowd of people who want to do harm to you, the driver's seat of a car. All right. It's one of the things that in my days in law enforcement, it was kind of driven home. And we did a lot of training on if you're in the driver's seat of the car, you're in a really bad position. You're tactically in a bad position. You can't do a lot. If you have a gun on you, you can't get it out as well. You can't get it out as easy. It's really difficult. You're in a confined space, right? Now, look, cars are a little bit bigger these days than the old sedans, but still, right? It's just, it's not conducive to protecting yourself. Now, all of a sudden, you have 25 or more people around you that don't want you to move, that maybe want to get you out of that car. Why? I don't know right? How is that peaceful? How is it a peaceful protest having a group of people around you? I can tell you, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I have 25 people around my car and I have my kids in the car. I'm not feeling comfortable, right? I'm not feeling like this is going to end well, right? So I'm going to do what I can to protect myself and my kids. So that's where that comes into play, right? So you've stepped outside of a peaceful protest as you're blocking the travel of a vehicle, right? On a public street. We're not talking about a private parking lot, right? Most parking lots that businesses are in are private, okay? Uh, absent, say, uh, street parking, like our office, uh, we have street parking on Cleveland and Rome, and um, I don't think there's any street parking on Platt, um, but Cleveland and Rome, there's street parking. Hey, that that's, a pu- that's public parking, but anything else, you go across the street to our visitor lot, that's a private lot, Okay, so this doesn't protect things that happen in a private parking lot, just the public street. Okay, Um, at least in terms of a vehicle. This next one now, we went way up the ladder. Now we're actually coming back all the way down to the to the bottom of the ladder, obstructing streets. It is a pedestrian violation. So I think very similar to a non moving violation when you're in your car. So uh, maybe a seatbelt ticket, um, tint ticket is a non-moving violation. It is a pedestrian violation for a person to willfully obstruct the normal use of a public street or highway. Okay. Um, pretty self-explanatory, kind of similar to the, to the one before it, but it brings it down a significant level and it, it lessens the amount. So you could be a single person who's protesting and standing in the way of a car and you could receive a citation for a pedestrian violation. All right. There's also pieces that discuss damaging historic memorials or property, making it a third degree felony, uh, intimidation uh, that is intended to change a viewpoint that is uh, now a misdemeanor in the state of Florida. Uh, Cyber intimidation is a first degree misdemeanor, uh, which means to electronically publish another's personal information with the intent for a third party to use the information to incite violence, commit a crime or harass the person. Okay. Um, Look, the, the idea being that if you want to peacefully protest, go do it. And this is my interpretation of this law. I, I know there's been lawsuits already filed on this law, okay? But this is my personal viewpoint on it is nothing that I see in here stops you from going out and protesting. There is not one piece in here that I see that says you can't protest, that you can't exercise your First Amendment right. 
Okay. Peaceful, 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 peaceful. That is the underlying content that I see here. Now, I know there's been uh, law enforcement agencies throughout the state of Florida who, if you if you look at the, the headline, read the news headline, it says, Florida sheriff isn't going to enforce the new anti-riot law. Okay, right? Take that headline as it is. Then you actually read the story and you go, yeah, the story doesn't actually quite match the headline, right? And I think it's really very important because, look, we're dealing with something that's important. We're dealing with First Amendment rights. And... Um, it was either Brevard or Broward County. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Um, but what it what that sheriff was actually getting at was that that it requires supervisor approval to make an arrest based on the new anti-riot bill. I don't have a problem with that, right? Because look, if we're in a protest or a riot situation, most likely there's a supervisor involved. There better be a supervisor involved because we're dealing with a mass of people and we're dealing with most likely a big problem, okay? And, and, and I mean by big problem, I don't mean people who are standing outside with picket signs. I mean like windows are being broken, people are being hurt. There's just pandemonium going on. There better be a supervisor involved. There better be a supervisor watching to see what happens. So are they saying they're not going to enforce it? That wasn't my take on it. Okay. The headline sure, sure read like that. But when you looked into it, it was, well, we don't want our deputies to try to make these, you know, big first amendment decisions. We want a supervisor to do that. I don't, I don't have fault. I can't find fault in that. Right. This is important. Right. I, I touched on it in the beginning and then we talked about the bill in itself and the new law in and of itself. Okay. But I do believe the first amendment is very, very important. Okay. And I do believe our right to protest peacefully is very important, all right? This just gives us ground rules. So think about it like that. These are rules to the game, right? Rules to follow for a very important First Amendment right, all right? So that is the new bill, the anti-riot bill, signed into law by Governor DeSantis, and uh, that is that part of it for today. I want to get into a quick listener question that came in over the weekend, and it went something along these lines that the person was involved in a car crash. They were deemed to be the one at fault and they aren't overly satisfied with the job that the insurance company is doing. And they wanted to know what they could do, what their rights were. And here, here it is. Okay. You have insurance, right? And one of the things that you pay for with insurance is your insurance to provide you a defense, right? But you also have the right to hire your own attorney to represent you individually. Okay. So technically the insurance company's selection for attorney represents you, but you are allowed to have an attorney represent you as well. Okay. Uh, another piece to the puzzle here in Florida is we have what's called comparative negligence. I've mentioned it a couple of times before, but what that means is you can be 99% at fault for a crash and you can collect on the other 1% of damages. All right. It's, that's an extreme example, and it would take an extreme type crash to have that play out, but it, it can play out, right? Um, I've had cases where that has played out, where we've been successful arguing that 1%, okay, and had good results. So that's the other piece to the puzzle is you could actually counter sue or counter claim 
on the per- and it wouldn't truly be a countersuit. It would be its own standalone. Okay, but just because somebody files a lawsuit against you saying that you were at fault and that you caused their injuries, you could also file a separate lawsuit saying that person caused your injuries. Okay, um, and that they were the one that that was at fault. Okay, and that they're responsible to pay for your damages. All right, so that's what that is. You do have the right to hire your own attorney, right? Um, Very important thing to know and to understand that, yes, the insurance company will provide you with one free of charge because that's what you pay for in insurance. But at the same time, okay, you are free to hire your own. Uh, I've had cases where a defendant has done that in the past, right? Um, So it it has been done. I've seen it done. Um, That is your right. And I, but like I said, with comparative negligence, you do potentially have the ability to um, succeed in a suit against the other individual as well. All right. So with that in mind, that is the show for today. One of the things uh, that I'd like to get into possibly next week, uh, looked into some of the research on it. It's going to take a, a little bit deeper dive is the Derek Chauvin appeal. And so I think we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, it took a while to actually find the uh, court documents, well, actually the court docket, I can't even get to the documents for the the underlying trial, okay? Uh, but I'd like another week to pass to A, to gather more information and to get a little bit more deep, to, for the appeal to get a little bit deeper into the process. Not much is going to happen in a week necessarily, but I would like to see more of the information come out so that we can talk about that appeal, uh, what it means, and... Uh, all of that, because I think it's really an important topic, and uh, maybe dive into a little bit. Looks like he got indicted again. All right, um, maybe a, a little pattern here, uh, which patterns aren't generally admissible in court. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. All right, so that is the Lawfather show for today, right here from Lawfather headquarters. It's the Lawfather here. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you need anything, you know where to reach me. Lawfather out.